there shall be showers of blessings. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. And the Lord held it off just perfectly, right? So we had great weather for the, uh, for the revival all week. If you missed the revival, I'm just saying this. You need to go back and watch it. It won't be the same. It won't. You, you just missed it. But uh, there are, you'll, you'll be glad you watched it. We had, in fact, this is a lower crowd than any night that we had of revival. Well, there may be people over there watching, but, uh, you know, so uh, it's, it was packed in here every night. What a joy it was. Brother Dave just preached. And uh, he preached in a way that, now, and if you just want some good entertainment, you got to watch right the last 10, 15 minutes of Friday night. Uh, and I'm just telling you, I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Watch that last 10 or 15 minutes of Friday Right, Tim? See over there someplace? Watch that last 10 or 15 minutes of Friday night. Yeah, that'll be good entertainment for you there. That, that's just, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, it, there was like this tension in the room because everybody's like, what is he going to do? <laughs> it was fantastic. I loved it. Anyway, TNT starts up this Tuesday, by the way, so I'm going to kind of jump through this before I get to these slides, all right? So T but there, with that in mind, there's a TNT volunteers meeting tonight after the service in the fellowship hall. Hello. So anyway, uh, hopefully I can still read. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, next Sunday, uh, next Sunday evening, just a reminder, because we start Vacation Bible School next Sunday evening. Isn't this great? I love it. Uh, so, so next Sunday evening, as we start Vacation Bible School, they'll meet in here at 6.30, like, because they're going to keep the same times as they do all week long, which means that we'll, meet, we'll move our Sunday evening service to 7 o'clock. You can be in here. Uh, if you want, when the kids are in here to meet, but you'll have to be on the outskirts because the kids will take up these spaces here. And then at the 7 o'clock hour, they'll, by then they'll have been moved out and you can move in. We'll have uh, our service at 7 o'clock next Sunday evening, so a reminder of that. Back to TNT, sorry, I'm skipping around here. Uh, TNT Flyer Blitz tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Uh, if you can, um, can uh, get together here at 7 o'clock, teenagers and anybody that wants to help us out, uh, we'll pass out flyers as we get ready for, two, for our first Tuesday night for teens on Tuesday. Uh, after this service, for about two minutes, uh, I need to meet with people, and then we have some people who would like to join the church, deacons. We'll, we'll meet in the, uh, in the library, but I need to meet for about two minutes right over here with anybody who would say, Pastor, you know, God spoke to me during the revival, and I would like to share a testimony about it tonight. Uh, we'll have a testimony time, but I'd like to meet with you ahead of time just so that we can make sure that we can get everybody in in case there would be a lot of people. I don't know. I encourage everybody who, made a, who took a step to somehow make that step public uh, because I'm just telling you, public steps last longer than private steps. It's a reality. Uh, we, when our teenagers go to camp, we bring them home and we literally stand them up here. I don't even really give them a choice. Stand up here and give a testimony. We want to hear what God has done in your life. And we ask them to be transparent. Just tell us uh, what God has done. Because public testimonies last longer, or public decisions last longer than private ones. So if that's you this week in a revival, we'd like to have some testimonies about that tonight. But I'd like to meet with you real quickly, uh, just for a couple minutes, right over here. Uh, we have about uh, 10 of our own that are gone right now to Utah. So they left yesterday. They did make it in uh, to uh, Salt Lake City last night. Their plane made it in. They had one little glitch. They had rented a 15-passenger van 
And when they got there, they said, oh, we don't have any 15-passenger vans available. They haven't come back yet. So they gave them two seven-passenger vehicles to drive around for the week. But anyway, so that's the only glitch. Otherwise, everything's going well. Uh, they will be ministering to about 165 uh, kids uh, in, in a soccer clinic, but also the opportunity to share the gospel when that, when that comes up. So pray for them that they'll uh, have wisdom in how to do this. Uh, for the most part, we're talking about Mormon families in, in Utah, so it's a great opportunity for them, a real challenge for uh, our college-age students that are there with Pastor Brett. I am so pleased to be the pastor of Southeast Baptist Tabernacle for a thousand reasons, uh, but today I am pleased for 6,400 reasons because that's the offering that we gave to Dave Young. And uh, I was so proud of you folks. What a joy. And um, so Dave was thrilled, as you might guess. And so just uh, continue to pray for that. Well, let's see what we have in the way of these announcements. Welcome guests. If you're visiting for the first time, please stop by the visitor center out there. And we've got a gift for you. Or if you're visiting online for the first time, sbdnd.org slash contact. Let us know you're out there. We'd love to keep in touch with you. Uh, we start TNT this Tuesday. Two burrs versus grammars. Anybody know what that is? Two burrs versus grammars. If you have to have it explained, you're probably a grandparent. Um, so YouTubers versus Instagrammers. Okay, so it's two. Every year they come up with some kind of theme. This is the theme. All the kids know it immediately, and all the adults are like, huh? Okay, tubers versus grammars. There you go. So that's this Tuesday starting at uh, 7 o'clock to 8.30. Game snacks, all that kind of stuff. Vacation Bible School starts next Sunday evening, 6.30, right here, and goes through the week. Uh, and uh, we end with a great, uh, you know, carnival party type thing outside. It's King Keepers of the Kingdom. And with that in mind, we have a short video to show you. Darkness. Good. Evil. Truth. Lies. We are engaged in an epic battle between two spiritual kingdoms for the hearts and minds of our youth. Every day our kids are bombarded with lies about who they are, who their creator is, what is right, and where their salvation comes from. But we are not meant to fight this battle alone. God, the ruler of the good kingdom, has given his kingdom keepers spiritual armor to wear. With this VBS, your kids will learn how they can be a part of God's kingdom through salvation in His Son, and they will be equipped with the armor of God as they train to become keepers of the kingdom who stand strong in today's battle for truth. Huzzah! There you go. That's the reason why you ought to get your kids and grandkids to come. Keepers of the kingdom. Do you believe that? That there's a battle out there taking place for the souls of our children? And uh, do you fear that maybe we're losing that battle sometimes? And they need what we're going to be doing. So that's the, the meetings are all there. You can see that. All workers meet at 6 o'clock. That's next Sunday, correct, J.D.? Tonight. 6 o'clock tonight in the fellowship hall. I'm sorry, that's right. That's tonight. Uh, meeting at 6 o'clock tonight. So uh, we have the... Uh, the uh, service in here. You'll be meeting over there. Registration continues to take place. So uh, all those things are there. 
Uh, we have a wedding shower coming up for Charity Myers coming up on Sunday, May, or sorry, May, June the 25th at noon as a taco bar will be provided. And uh, they're registered at Amazon and Walmart. And you can see Miss Cheryl if you would like to get involved in a group gift. They're getting married in August. So it's coming up quickly. We're excited about that. John, by the way, both of them are in Utah right now. So you've, you're trying to find them today. They're not here. Uh, Steve and Sherry DeFord are our missionaries of the week. And let me share with you a, uh, an update from them. They did uh, a fifth Sunday with their teenagers. And they were excited about this. Uh, their youth took on the responsibilities of the day. Sunday school and morning worship, the teens taught the younger age classes. They opened in prayer. They gave announcements. They took up the offering. They provided special music. And then the youth leader uh, preached the morning message. So that was an exciting time for them. And then, this is their prayer request, uh, a native evangelist friend, Gary Locklear, came by so I could accompany him to the neighboring Supal Reservation. This is an interesting little thing here. We helicoptered in and made some good contacts with the tribal officials. We are praying all the details come together for an outreach through the church in the little t village town, uh, uh, little village down in the Grand Canyon among the Supai people. So if you would uh, pray for that, that they, they can uh, make that outreach, that would be great. All right, let's have the men come forward. We're going to take up the offering. And uh, thank you so much for giving so diligently last week. What a joy it was. And let's ask God's blessing on the offering. Ask bless God's blessing on the service. Would you do that, please, Brother Devin? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the opportunity to be in your house, to be with your people, to raise our voices and sing praise to you, Lord. And we thank you that we can thrive in a world like ours, Lord. And I just pray that as we uh, have this offering, Lord, I pray that uh, we would give cheerfully. I pray that this uh, money would go to further your ministry beyond what we could comprehend and that the uh, furtherance of the gospel would be the result of uh, our giving, Lord. Pray for the missionaries that affords. I pray that you'd continue to bless their ministry and, and their work. And Lord, just uh, uh, place a special uh, blessing on those who are, are giving. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Thank you, Rachel. There is power in the blood. We're going to sing about that this morning. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without Jesus' death on the cross and his shed blood, we cannot come to God. And uh, so we're going to sing about today. I know sometimes like, well, we're going to sing about blood. Uh, but it's his work on the cross that we're going to praise him for today. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, the blood of Jesus Christ can save you today. If you are saved, we can rejoice in that and praise him for that. So let's stand together. First song we'll sing this morning, Saved by the Blood of the Crucified One. Saved by the blood of the Crucified One, now ransomed from sin and a new world begun. Sing praise to the Father and praise to the Son. Saved by the blood of the Crucified One. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways." Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above 
and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Love that passage. James chapter 1, great wisdom and truth in that. Keep singing about the power of the blood. Next song we'll sing, there is power in the blood. Free from the burden of sin, there's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would your evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the prayer. We got in that chorus. We'll just add a couple more powers. We won't go crazy with it today, all right? But we'll do four powers, right? God's power is great and big, so let's keep praising. So we'll do four powers there, and we get to the chorus. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's side. There's wonderful power in the blood. Here we go. There is power, 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 wonder-working power in the blood of the land. There is power, 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 wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb on that last. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, 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 wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, 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 wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. Next song we'll sing this morning, we'll sing both verses of Calvary's Blood. I carried a burden of staggering weight and struggled for freedom but could not escape. I trembled and cried at the thought of my fate. What must I do to be saved? I desperately searched for release from my pain but found that man's wisdom was useless and vain. Is there not a power that can break every chain? What must I do to be saved? Jesus' blood flows from Calvary, breaking Satan's power, setting captives free. Greatest gift of the greatest love, heaven paid the price with Calvary's blood. Then standing by were all mocking his pain. But then, yes, I heard and he called out my name. Kneel at the cross and be saved. I fell at the feet of the one hanging there. Oh, Savior, forgive me, I cried in despair. 
My burden fell on Jesus, answered my prayer. Kneel at the cross and be saved. Jesus' blood flows from Calvary. Breaking Satan's power. and stand for our last song this morning. We started learning this last Sunday and goes right along with why Jesus can only satisfy because of his work on the cross and what he does for us. So we'll sing the first verse chorus then we'll sing the second verse and chorus as the last. Anxious thoughts and deep despair Break my hope and set a snare. Helpless, wandering, trapped and weak. Jesus, you're the one I need. Only you can satisfy. On your promises I can rely. But I come to Here inside, and there 
repaid the debt I owed, broke my chains and freed my soul. For the first time I had hope. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life, brought me from the darkness to glorious light. You took my place, laid inside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but then you walked right out again. And now death has no sting, and life has no end. For I have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life. Brought me from the darkness into glorious light. There is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the blood. The blood that calls his sons and daughters. We are ransomed by our Father through the blood, the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my Brought me from the darkness into glorious light. Peter 1, 18-21. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Glory to his name. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. I like that. Take your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. 
First Corinthians. If you're one of the interns, this is the first time they get to hear me preach. I mean, they showed up a week and a half ago, and I have, uh, I've taken the week off. It's been great. First Corinthians chapter 16. I guess you've met the interns. If not, you need to meet them. They're right up here on the front row, right where people should sit. Right? Amen. All the front row people are like, yes, we're looking good today. First Corinthians chapter 16. Oh, we had such a great week. How many of you are exhausted? It's like, that was a great week, but I'm so glad it's over. I don't misunderstand it. It was a great week. It really was. But it's, it does take a lot out of you. And you folks were faithful. And what a joy. Uh, we had good food. We were fed well from the Word of God. And what a joy it is. First Corinthians chapter 16. Last uh, Sunday morning in the Sunday school hour, the men met with Dave over there, uh, and he used this verse that we're going to look at, and I'm going to use the verse as well. I'm not going to repeat what Dave said. I couldn't do it anyway. I could just do it just as, as only Brother Dave could do. You know, it's just the way it is. Uh, but uh, I, want to, I want to focus on the truth of it and get us to understand how we can make it very applicable. So this is going to be one of those proverbial topical type messages. I don't like preaching those very often, but this is one fits really well with what we're doing as a church. If you took a step forward, by the way, a step of Christian growth, if you took the challenge at the beginning of the week and said, I'm going to take a step closer to the Lord, the Bible says, if we draw nigh unto him, he will draw nigh unto us. So literally, it becomes exponential. As you know, 300 people said, I'm going to step closer to God. God also stepped closer to 300 people. And now we get the, the uh, multi multitude of that happening if and only if we go beyond just making a decision. Right? We have to actually start living it out. But if we all took one step, just one, and God took a step, and now we are that much closer to God than we were, it will begin to show up in our homes and show up in our ministry here very soon if we will just stick with it, right? Don't quit. And that becomes a really important part of what we're doing. Before I forget, I do want to mention uh, Winnie Rooley. So during the week, uh, I think it was Wednesday night, started Wednesday, was it Wednesday that she went to the emergency room first? That's when Dad fell, it was Wednesday, because uh, we met at the hospital accidentally. Uh, so Levi and Savannah took their little girl, she's a year old now, uh, and she was having breathing issues, much like uh, Pastor Brett's baby two weeks ago when they were in, out of town. Uh, but it's not the same thing. So uh, Winnie was diagnosed with croup, and they uh, sent her home. Well, Friday night, Thursday, Thursday, they had to make a trip back again. Long story short, they admitted her to Riley Hospital, and so she's still there. They're going to watch her for another 24 hours. The prayer request is this, that she not have to be given any more breathing treatments because she is right on the edge of if they keep administering breathing treatments, the doctors want to intubate her. And that's a big thing. That's a big deal when that happens. Um, so, you know, there's, there's not a panic in this. I mean, even with the intubation, the doctors are like, this is short-lived, etc. But I'm just telling you from a parent standpoint, that's a big deal. And so uh, we're going to, as we ask the Lord to bless this message, we're going to ask the Lord to bless little Winnie and uh, keep her off of breathing treatments and strengthen her little lungs and get her home. They're going to scope her probably sometime in the future because they feel like there's a reason beyond what they can find that's causing uh, her bronchioles to swell. 
So if you would just remember a little winning in your prayers. We're going to read verse 13, and then we'll pray together. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Father, we come to you as needy people. We bring little Winnie before you and pray that you would touch her little body right now and just strengthen her lungs and just cause a miraculous turnaround that the doctors cannot understand and cannot explain, but we can know that you're at work there. We pray that you'd be with Levi and Savannah, just encourage their hearts and help them, Lord, not to be overwhelmed with uh, this uh, time and be with little Jackson as he's uh, with Grandma and Grandpa, that you'd watch over him as well. We ask that you would take your word today and just use it to challenge us, to uh, encourage us, to help us as we are taking those steps toward you, uh, that we would find those steps to be on solid ground, we would not go backward, we would not allow ourselves to, to turn back around, but we would continue to move forward in our walk with you, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we, uh, as we look at this passage, it says, quit you or act like men, right? We're supposed to act like men. But then I want to focus on the last phrase, be strong. This phrase, be strong, is used 32 times in the scripture. And it's amazing how often it is coupled with some other phrases we'll look at in just a little bit. But the question is, why do we need to be strong in the Lord? Why do we need, as Christians, to have this strength that God commands us again and again to have? And and by, by virtue of the fact that it's a command, when, when God says, be strong to us, implied in that is that we have a choice. You don't have to be strong. Right? You don't have to be strong. But I'm a Christian. Aren't I already strong? As Christians, God is saying to us, as Christians, be strong. This is a choice that we need to make. This doesn't just happen automatically. The reality is, as Christians, we can walk around weak and anemic. We know that. Most of us have done that at some point in our Christian walk. Uh, we, we understand that this is a conscious choice to choose to be strong in the Lord. So the question is, why is it so important? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Let me just give you a couple of them. One is our families, right? We, we just watched that video about with, with Vacation Bible School, and the reality is our kids are under attack like no other time in my life, I can't say like no other time in history, but like no other time in my life do I see the attack on little children. The idea that educated people think they should be allowed to talk to my six, seven, eight-year-old about sex blows my mind. It blows my mind. But you know what really blows my mind? Is that parents are not up in arms. Why aren't they standing on the door of the school and saying, over my dead body, you will not do this? You know, there was a day in which parents would not allow this stuff to happen. We, we've got to figure out how to be strong. Our families are at risk in ways that we've not seen. I'm talking about good families, good, solid, strong families. Uh, are, are, we're watching as this society is deteriorating uh, the family unit, and, and we're, we're watching society handing over their children to the state to raise them. You know what you can count on the state to do? Raise them to be evil and wicked. You know how I know? Look at Washington, D.C. It's evil and wicked. If you trust them to raise your kids, maybe you ought to second, give a second thought about having any more. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to say, this is not the right society we're in. We've got to figure out how to be strong in the Lord. Our families are at risk. Our churches are at risk. I mean, I, 
I used to think that one day America would face persecution, but it would be well past my years. I thought it would be well past my kids' years. Maybe my grandkids would have to face persecution. I'm, I no longer think that. I, I, I no longer think that unless something happens to turn, change the trajectory, history is about to repeat itself, which it always does. It always does. Something's got to happen to change that trajectory, which means if I live an average lifetime, I know I'm getting on the older side, right? I'm 62, but you know, if, I can, if I can live to be like my dad and make it to 90, the idea that I could go 28 more years and not see the church persecuted if the trajectory doesn't change is probably me dreaming. You understand? Our churches are at risk. Lost souls are at risk. Now you say, Pastor, what can I do about all of this? You know, we're just a small congregation of 300 people. What do, we, what do you expect us to do? And I'm going to tell you that it's not about the masses. God is saying to individual people, be strong in the Lord and in the power of might. He's saying it to individuals because individuals make the difference. And we need to be strong. And so we've finished up this revival. We've taken some steps. And if we're not careful, you know, because we're, we're creatures of habit, then already we've noticed that we're kind of like stepping back to where we were because we're creatures of habit. You know, have you ever tried to get, have you ever, have you ever had a, uh, something like it's gotten kind of into a groove and you try to get it to work outside of the groove and it always tends to go back to the groove? Always tends to go back to the... That's where we are, right? That's us as human beings. So you got this wheel that's spinning in the groove, and we're trying to get it to move out of the groove, and we are drawn back to the groove. Uh, and, and so if we're not careful, we're just going to fall right back. We need to be strong. So um, I'm going to ask a series of questions here, and they all come down to this. Are you strong enough? I'm going to talk to moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas. I'm going to talk to... Sunday school teachers and Awana workers, teenagers who can grasp these terminologies and understanding. Here's what I'm going to ask. Hebrews, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place, all right? I, I'm, it's a topical message. But Hebrews chapter 12 says this, Wherefore, lift up the hands of which hang down and the feeble knees. And I'm asking you, are you strong enough spiritually to come alongside that person who's ready to quit and lift them up. God wants us to be strong. And there's someone you know whose hands are hanging down and whose knees are ready to fall and they're needing someone to come alongside and lift them up. And God's people need to be strong enough to lift them up. Some of those people might very well one day be one of your children, Dad. Are you strong enough to lift up your child when life is beating them down? Are you strong enough to come alongside your wife, husband, and lift her up when she's ready to quit and throw in the towel? Because it matters whether we're strong. We're not talking about Washington, D.C. here. We're talking about people in our lives. There's someone we love, someone we care about, who's ready to quit and throw in the towel because life is just keep, 
just keeps beating them up. And we need to be strong. And God says to us, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. You know what we have to do to do that? We have to be strong. We have to be strong. Who is it that's waiting for you to come alongside? And if we keep playing the game, they're going to quit. And we'll chalk it up to, oh, there's another one that quit. But one of these days, it's going to be somebody that you love and you care about. And you're going to hope that somebody's strong enough to come alongside. Are you strong enough? Are you strong enough? Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Are you strong enough to bear someone else's burden? You say, Pastor John, I have so many burdens of my own. I know, I understand that life is what life is. But Jesus, or God says to all of us, all of us who are already bearing our own burdens, he says, bear ye one another's burdens. Here's the reality. Um, many hands make light work. That's a reality. It is a reality that a burden shared is a burden split in two. You understand? It becomes lighter. It's much easier for two people to move the heavy object than it is for one. And there's someone probably sitting right down the pew from you right now who is carrying a weight. There are some people that we love, right, whose little girl is in the hospital and whose granddaughters are in the hospital. And that's a burden on their heart. And it's our job, because families are on the line here, to step in and bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We have more conveniences today that we can do more in an hour than our grandparents or our great-grandparents could do in three days. And yet... We have less time to do for others than our grandparents and our great-grandparents did. Isn't it amazing? What's the matter with this picture? And then we wonder why society is like it is. We need to be strong because there are people who are bearing burdens that we need to step alongside. James chapter 4 and verse 7 says this. We're going to just take part of it. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hey, by the way, can I say this? Somebody was asking me. We, we have conversations with our interns and pastors, every, every uh, morning we get together and we usually try to throw out a question that's just like, hey, throw this one out. So um, I said last week, I kept saying again and again, the devil's fighting this, the devil's fighting this, the devil's fighting this. And one of them said, Pastor, how do you know that the devil's the one fighting it? I mean, how do you know it's just not us being lazy? You know, and it's, it was a good question. It really is a good question. And then somebody else said, is the devil, I mean, are we really good enough Christians that the devil is actually worried about us? And yet, you do find verses like this, where God says to us, you're facing the devil, right? Resist the devil and he will flee. Here's the question, are you strong enough to resist the devil? When's the last time you remember actually resisting the devil? These are all, these are all strength terms. Lifting is a strength term. Bearing, that's a strength term. Resistance. If you don't believe me, then go to the gym. They have machines that do all of those things. That's what it is. They're strength terms. And we're called upon by God to resist the devil. When's the last time we resisted the devil? When's the last time that we pushed back when the devil was tempting? Do you know why it's important, Dad? Because if we fall, our families are crushed. 
When we give in, dads, our children are hurt. Sometimes our children and our children's children, here's what the Bible says, to the third and fourth generation. Our falling is a big deal. We must be strong. Moms, we must be strong in the Lord. We've got to be strong. Our families need it. Our churches are in desperate need of people who will resist the devil. And the wonderful promise is, if we do that, he'll flee. That's the promise that comes with it. But we must resist, and it takes strength to resist. Are we strong? Are we strong enough in Galatians chapter 5 to do this? Um, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Are we strong enough to stand fast? Okay, so last week we took a step forward. The idea of this verse is now I need to stand. If I'm strong, I stand. If I'm not, I become entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That just three days ago I said, I surrender all. Just three days ago I said, I repent. I'm asking God for victory, but now all of a sudden we're stepping back, being entangled again the yoke of bondage. Are we strong enough to actually stand? In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, and by the way, here's that word again, against the wiles of the devil. We're fighting the devil, each of us, individually. We're fighting the Yes, he does care. I don't know. You know, I, I, I do figure that he probably cares more about the Apostle Paul than he would about somebody like me. I understand that concept. But the reality is the devil doesn't want any of us to succeed for the cause of Christ. And he's fighting. We need to be strong because it matters. It matters whether or not our, we're strong for our family's sake, for our church's sake, for the souls of our neighbors and our loved ones. All of this matters. We need to be strong, strong enough to stand up. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14 says this, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's another exercise word, press. There's another strength word. We, have, we, call, we use it like this. We call it a bench press for a reason because it's a strength word. And the idea of pressing toward the mark is I'm going to keep pushing. I'm not going to quit. So I took that forward step last week, but now I press. I keep going. I keep resisting the devil. I keep pushing I press toward the mark because if I fail, my kids suffer. Because if I fail, somebody said today, and it just, like an arrow in your heart, somebody said today about my grandson. Well, you better get used to me because you're going to have to spend eternity with me in heaven. And then he said, assuming he comes to Christ as Savior. That sends chills down you, you know. God, save him. Don't let grandpa do something stupid that would get in the way. I want to press toward that mark because it matters whether I'm strong. It matters to my family. It matters to this church whether or not his, their pastor is strong and pressing toward the mark. It matters. It matters to the Iwana kids whether or not the Iwana workers are pressing toward the mark. It matters. 
I don't want to miss out on the things that matter. Make us strong. Are we strong enough to press? Are we strong enough to do this one? This is kind of a weird one, but listen to what it says. Luke chapter 6, verse 42. Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye. Are we strong enough to cast the beam out of our own eye? It is easy to be critical of other people. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. Easy to do. Easy to see other people's faults. Very simple. You know what's hard to do sometimes, especially us guys? You know what's hard to do? See your own. It takes strength to pull that beam out and cast it away. I mean, I imagine literally, in fact, one time I did, I don't know if you guys remember this, it's been years ago, but I literally came up here with like a two-by-four. Do you guys remember that? had a two-by-four, and I was, like, sticking it to the side of my head and walking around. And I did this as a joke. It was funny, and everybody gasped because I went, I hit the pulpit with it, and, oh, you know, I kind of jerked, and everybody's like, oh, no, he hurt himself. I didn't. But anyway, it was, but the idea is that we are so blinded to our own faults that it's so easy to say, pastor should have done this, that, you, that Wannenberger should have done this, that Sunday school teacher should have done this, that person should have said this, that person shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have whatever. It's easy to do that. But it's hard to look at the mirror and see what we need to do. And Jesus says, thou hypocrite. Take the strength that God has given us. And I, I imagine, I literally, what is, what, are those, what, is, what is that Scottish thing where they pick up like the Telephone pole. What's that called? Taper, taper, caber toss. That's what I imagine. I mean, honestly, when I imagine the beam, it's like, you know, you're trying to balance it out, and then you got to heft that thing away. That's, it literally takes that kind of strength to look inside and deal with yourself. Anybody can pick somebody else apart. It's hard to be honest with yourself. But if I don't, my wife suffers. Am I strong enough to save my wife from my own hypocrisy? Am I strong enough to save my kids from my own arrogance? Am I strong enough to save my grandkids from suffering because grandpa couldn't deal with himself? Be strong. It takes strength to cast that beam out. Matthew chapter 5, verse 39 says this, but whosoever shall smite thee on the cheek, turn to him the other also. Turn is, our, is our, our strength word, right? You know what it takes? It takes strength not to retaliate. We, uh, we watched our teenagers this week playing games, and oh, man, I love when guys get competitive. I really do. It's fun when guys get competitive. It's a blast. And I personally think, and we, you, you'd be shocked. Some of you probably won't like me for this, but... You know, we turn some games into tackle games on purpose because we think that this generation of kids kind of needs to know what it's like to, to actually do sports that aren't involving a joystick and couch. You know, so we, hey, go, go at it. And we let them. And some of these guys, they get competitive, and when they go at it, they go at it. You know, and it's like sometimes we have to go, okay, let's back off a little bit. We don't want to get... Because you know, what you know what's really hard is when somebody takes you down, it's really hard not to 
get back up and go at it. The easy thing is to do that, right? Let's just go back at it. The hard thing is to turn the other cheek. That's hard. But, Dad, if you know what? If you'll learn to turn the other cheek, your grandkids will benefit. So the question is, do we love our grandkids? You know what happens, Christian, when you turn the other cheek? The church is made stronger. Do you love the church? Turn the other cheek. Quit being so easily offended. Life is an offense. Get over it. Right? Our saying around here is, life's not fair, and then you die. Right? I don't know what to tell you. But we've got to get over it. We've got to learn how. It takes a lot of strength to turn the other cheek. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to turn the other cheek. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says this, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace, and that Finish the course is the strength phrase. You know what it takes to finish? Anybody can start a race. I've started many, right? It takes a lot to finish a race. Uh, how many of you have run a marathon? How many marathoners do we have? Um, maybe six of you out there have run a marathon before. Some of you are still running them, which is impressed. I know that the, uh, some people, I know a couple people over there in the other room that are marathoners. You know what? Anybody can start out running 27.2 miles. Anybody can do that. I mean, all we have to do is take three steps. I started, right? I mean, anybody can start. But you know how few people can finish a 27.2-mile course? It weaves it down. It takes strength to get to the end. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to see my grand... I don't want my grandkids to see me quit. I want to finish what I've started. I want to finish what God has called me to do. And that is not so much to pastor this church as it is to be the example of the Lord Jesus Christ to my kids and to my grandkids. I want to finish what I've started. And it takes a lot of strength to get to the finish line. A lot of people don't make it. A lot of people don't make it. But when we cross the finish line, it makes a difference. It changes things. We need to be, are we strong enough to finish the race? Do, do we believe that God wants us to finish the race that we've started? No, God doesn't set the pace. He just puts us on the race. Right? He doesn't say you have to finish in a certain amount of time. He just says, finish. Finish. And it takes strength to get there. But it makes a difference in our churches. It makes a difference in the souls of men. It makes a difference for our families. Are we strong enough to finish? Here's the souls of men part. Jude chapter 23, verse 23, I'm sorry. There's only one chapter in Jude. Jude verse 23. And others, saved with fear, look what it says, pulling them out of the fire. Christian, are you strong enough to pull someone out of the fire. They say, that's not my job, really, Pastor. I understand how this works. I know that God is the one doing all of this work, but he's called upon his people to be involved, and he strengthened his people to do it. And if we will choose to be strong in the Lord, he then says to the strong Christian, pull them out of the fire. We are in a society that is burning. It's burning. It's on fire. 
and we can complain about that society, and we can run from that society, or we can be that fireman who runs into the flame and pulls someone out. It takes a lot of strength, but it makes an eternal difference in our families, in our churches, in the souls of men. Are we strong enough? Say, Pastor John, okay, I get it. I'm supposed to be strong. How do I do that? Well, let's go through, through some things. We're not going to read these. I don't have time. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 8 says this. Obey. Obey. I command you this day that you be strong and go in and possess the land. Just do it. Keep all the commandments. Just do what you're supposed to do. You know how you become strong? You do what you're supposed to do. I, I tell teenagers this all the time. I think I've said it from the pulpit more than once as well. I have no idea what God wants these teenagers to do in the next 40 years. I have no idea. I don't know what God wants me to do in the next, well, 40 years might be pushing it, but in the next, you know, 10 years. I don't know what God wants me to do. But you know what I do know? I know what God wants me to do today. I know what God wants me to do today. So just do it. Because if I do today what I'm supposed to do, and do tomorrow what I'm supposed to do, and do the next day what I'm supposed to do, guess where I'll be in 20 years? Right where God wants me to be. It's one day at a time. Just do it. How do I be strong, Pastor John? I read my Bible. You know why? Because God says, read the book. I just do it. I quit saying, I'm going to start reading my Bible, and I just do it. I quit say, saying, I'm going to start praying, and I start praying. Just do it. Obey what we know. The Bible says, to him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin, James tells us. Just do what you're supposed to do. That's how we become strong in the Lord. These phrases, here's how we become strong in the Lord. Fear not. Ten times, be strong is coupled with the phrase, fear not. Ten times of the 32 times that the Bible says be strong, ten of those times, it adds to it, fear not. And you say, well, you know, how do I get rid of fear? You know, here's the point. You know what we're afraid of? We're afraid of what people are going to say is at work if we start reading our Bibles. What are people going to say at school, Pastor John, if I, if I, start, if I take my, my Bible to school and read my Bible? and What will people say? Well, here's what I know God won't say if we don't do it. You're not strong. God will look at us and say, that's, that's the epitome of a weak Christian. Just do what we know we're supposed to do. Get rid of the fear. Why am I, why am I afraid... When I look at the world and say, the world is wicked and on its way to hell, and I, I wouldn't want my kids to be like that, but for some reason we care about what they think. That doesn't make sense to me. I, I'm not going to live for Jesus because I don't want them to think badly of me, but I want my kids to live for Jesus because I know it's a good thing to do. Let's lose the fear. Let's quit being afraid. You know how you be strong? You obey. You know how be strong? You fear not. Be not dismayed. Four times... Of the 10 times, 32 times be strong, 10 of those times be not afraid, four of those times out of the 10, it says be not dismayed, and the word dismayed means don't break down, don't quit. Be not dismayed. Don't, don't throw in the towel, don't break down, don't let, oh no, 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 I'm so worried, what's going to happen, I get all, and have that proverbial nervous breakdown about living for Jesus, right? Right? The Bible says, no, no. You know how to be strong? 
Don't quit. Don't quit. Be of good courage is coupled with be strong 11 times. Be of good courage. And the idea is not only is it not being afraid, but it's be encouraged. Be of good courage is to be encouraged. In other words, let's look at the bright side of this. Yes, there's going to be some people that are going to laugh at me, and yes, there's going to be some people that won't understand what I'm doing, but the encouraging side is God is going to bless. And the encouraging side is my testimony is going to impact my kids and my grandkids. You know, the, the same way my failure impacts to the third and fourth generation, my success impacts to the third and fourth generation. I, I don't know about you, but I would, feel, I would feel an utter failure to go to heaven without my kids and my grandkids. How can I watch that? How am I supposed to respond to that? It's important that I be strong. And I need to be encouraged that what I do will make a difference for generations to come. I need to be strong, not quit. I need to be strong, not fear. I need to be strong, do what I know I'm supposed to do. Daniel chapter 11 verse 3 says this, But the people that do know their God shall be strong. Learn about God. Get to know God. Dave was talking about that last Sunday to us, right? Both morning and night. Get to know God. Because the more I know about God, the stronger I become in my Christian walk. Be strong. It matters. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 4 tells me to work. Look what it says. They've got it up there. I appreciate them pulling it up there. Yet now, be strong. He talks to Zerubbabel. He talks to Joshua. He talks to the high priest. He says, be strong, all the people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. Get busy. Get busy. We made a decision. Okay, I'm going to start reading my Bible. Get busy. I'm going to pray. Get busy. I'm going to talk to people about Jesus. Get busy. Work. Obey. Do what we know. This is where strength comes from. Are we strong enough? And here's the better question. I'm done. The better question is not, are you strong enough? The better question is, is God strong enough? Because this is what the Bible says. Finally, brethren, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, be strong in the Lord. In the Lord. That's where our strength comes from. Second Timothy says it this way. Verse, chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Say, Pastor John, I'm just not that strong. Well, you know what? Compared to Nate and compared to Riley, I'm not either. I can't lift... I don't know how much they lift. I don't even want to know because it'll just make me embarrassed. Uh, but uh, I can't do that, right? I don't have that kind of strength. But if it's all about my strength, we're in trouble anyway. Would you agree? If it's all about us, we're in trouble anyway. Our families are doomed if it's all about us. But if our strength is in the Lord and in the grace of God, if that's where our strength is coming from, then our strength is as strong as His. And the better question is not, am I strong enough? The question is, do I believe that God is strong enough to help me resist the devil? That God is strong enough to help me pull down the strongholds? That God is strong enough to help me push toward the mark? That God is strong enough to help me cast the beam out of my own eye? That God is strong enough to help me pull the one out of the burning flame? 
And if my God is that strong, then there's hope for us. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. Are we strong enough? That's the question. Christian, I know the answer generically is, of course we're not. I know that. I know none of us are where we're supposed to be. None of us have achieved. None of us have arrived, right? I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are before, or which are behind and reach forth, and those things that are before, I press toward the mark. I, I know that when we just look at that, but the reality is, let me ask you this, are you taking the steps to be strong? Are you doing what you know you're supposed to do? Are you putting fear aside and doing anyway? Are you allowing yourself to be dismayed and quitting? Or are you moving forward in your Christian walk? And if our families, and they do, depend on it, if our church, and it does, depend on it, depends on what we're doing with the strength that we have in Jesus Christ, the question is, are we making a difference by the way we're living out our Christian life? Pastor John, I know I'm a Christian. That's not the issue. Pastor, I don't want to just take those steps forward. I want to continue to resist. I want to push. Pastor, I, there's some things I need to cast out of my own life. Pastor, God's spoken to my heart. I want to be strong in the Lord, and I need to deal with some things. God has spoken to me. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, do a work. Make us strong in your grace. God, help us not to be weak and anemic for the sake of our families, for the sake of our church, for the sake of the world around us, the souls that have come across our lives. Make us strong. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's going to stand and we're going to sing together. Search me, O God, know my heart, see if there be some wicked way. May as we sing together, the altar's open to you. You step out, let the Lord have his way, would you? Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me, O Savior, know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Heads about, eyes are closed, please. The piano's going to continue to play. Some have come. If you need to step out, let the Lord have his way. Do so now.
Amen. You may look this way. I appreciate your kind attention. We need to meet real quickly with those who would like to give testimony tonight, right over here for just two minutes. I need you to get there quickly because I need to go to another meeting where people want to join the church this morning. We would like them, for them to do that. They'll meet in my office, the library, whatever you want to call it, over to the left of the uh, entryway. And uh, then don't forget BBS meeting tonight, 6 o'clock, and uh, what was the one TNT meeting tonight after the service? All kinds of meetings. Uh, you think that I, we told the uh, interns, take a deep breath and get ready, because once summer comes, you don't have another chance to breathe. So uh, anyway, we're excited about uh, having them with us, so take the time. If you'd like to sign up to have them over to your house for a meal or come to their house for a meal, uh, you can do that, but uh, sign up out there. And if you've done that, please let them know the time that you would like them to be there, because putting it on there doesn't let them know anything other than who you are. And so uh, get, you need to go and tell them what time you'd like them to be there. Uh, so if it's possible tomorrow night, get back here at 7, that'd be great if that's possible. So anything else? Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. You're dismissed.